0: hello and welcome to julie loves television i back for another week actually recording a little bit later than usual i should way record way earlier than i do but i'm just not good at this i was having the most unbelievable tech issues i've ever had in my life <clears throat> while trying to record today and it's like i'm not that old i'm pretty young i'm i consider myself pretty good at technology but this was frustrating me to the point where i was like i'm going to throw this computer at the wall if this does not fix itself and i was like why don't i try using chrome i hate using chrome google's not like the best i mean Apple's safari is probably not that much better than that but more of like a known issue with like privacy and access to all your information or whatever but I'm not well versed enough to talk about that sort of thing anyways so it's like oh I'll try to use Chrome for my program that I' been increasingly frustrated in trying to record with this stuff with and wouldn't you know it it works like a million times better on Chrome and I don't know why I think all these like podcasting recording softwares for some reason only want to work on Chrome which I don't understand but it also costs me could be because my computer is like 10 years old and I should get a new one I mostly don't get a new one because I don't use it for anything really but if I'm gonna try to be more consistent with this moving forward I'll try um I'll think about it <laughs> it's just it's so much more expensive these days to buy a computer than it was like when I bought when this one was purchased I think when I when I got this, it was like twelve hundred dollars, and it's like the nicest version that they had at the time, or something like that. I don't remember. Anyways, bought no iPad, thinking I would do all the stuff on that, but and the fact that all my stuff is like super old, beside my um um my phone and all that other stuff, but. I realized oh I can't like monitor if something's recording at the exact same time as I'm looking at notes because I I bought the iPad to have the Apple pencil we can like physically write on it so I can store my notes digitally without having paper copies of everything so I'm sure if you've heard in the past episodes like the rustling of paper that's me writing physical notes because I did not want to type anything while watching stuff but then also like writing stuff became complicated because my dark outside yeah, then you dark inside when you're trying to watch stuff a lot of the times and then there's the being able to see what you're writing and being able to read my handwriting so i splurged and god too much information julie <laughs> um so yeah this week my topics for conversation are a little bit out of the ordinary for what i normally talk about I. Because for some reason I got into like a weird watching a ton of different stuff mood more than normal. I think it started out on Wednesday. I went to my local movie theater and saw they re released Hocus Pocus in the theater for its like 30th anniversary or something. And it was only playing it for like three more days before it was switching over just to um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen Hocus no- Pocus in a long time. It'd be super interesting to see a movie that I know I pretty sure I liked, and I have not seen in a very long time. And I was like, if anything, I live close enough. I'm not shelling out too much money that it won't be easy to get home or waste my time. But surprisingly, it held my attention because I realized as I was watching it, I have not seen it in an extremely long time that I kind of didn't really remember the whole, what was going on the whole time, which was fun and it looked decently good. I, I'm the sort of person who kind of hates how some a lot of stuff looks from like the 90s, like into the 2000s and that time frame is a little bit better for me, but I kind of hate how like Soap opera y kind of a lot of stuff looked, but then then may just be like a budget thing and how much effort people put into the product. The product I'm watching, but hocus pocus, good. I enjoyed it. I'm not really a huge Halloween person generally, so like getting in the fall mood with watching, um, I mean, you wouldn't know that from the list this week, we'll get to it, but I'm not really the sort of person who gets in the mood to like watch something like seasonally which is boring like I don't decorate for like almost anything ever it's kind of like pulled over from I guess growing up I think at some point it was really difficult to get any decorations to be done and then by the time you just give up after a while and then you don't care about it anymore and it's like it's a waste of your money it's a waste of your time you might I like how it looks and it's just too much effort and it's something you don't want to be spending money or time or effort on but it's kind of a downer um <clears throat> but I liked it and it kinda got me in the sort of a <laughs> sorry about that it got me into a sort of like a fall-ish halloweeny mood to watch stuff cause then after that I watched um I started watching Practical Magic, which is on um, Hulu. and totally not a movie I expected it to be. I thought it'd be—I heard more like rom-com, romance-related. Talk about it, I think. And I and I had seen a ton with um, what is her name, Um, Nicole Kidman. I've seen more with Sandra Bullock, and I like Sandra Bullock. But I, thought, I, th- I totally thought it was going be more rom-com related because it's, I think I've heard more related to rom-com about that. And like, it does give very good fall vibes. It's a very fall movie. New England, the f- um, leaves and I guess witches and stuff like that lends itself more to that. But there's like murder mystery element and... Um, i guess not really murder mystery but like sort of a mystery murder and then there's a a mystery with um the cop coming out from out of town to try to solve it and i think it's okay it's not like the favorite thing and i expected kind of expected to like it more because it started out so interesting but i watched it don't have much to say on it other than that i saw then on wednesday thursday I saw the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie in theaters. I totally skipped the first weekend, knowing how, especially after, see, and I was glad I was because after seeing how rowdy um, some theaters were on Instagram, I was like, I am not getting myself in that sort of situation. That seems like a nightmare to try to navigate through watching something like that, and how particular I am when I'm watching something. That I like I can't get through people screaming and yelling and dancing in front of me and not being able to concentrate, sort of, but I liked the movie. I was, like, one of four people in the theater I was in. I also went into, like, an early time, uh, like a 320 showing after work. Well, skipped out and work early, but... um, And I liked it normally I'm not the type of person who watches, like, um, like, documentaries, I thought, I was kind of hoping it wasn't documentary-ish, and it wasn't, I like that, I like that it was mainly straight, just showing the concerts, the concert, and just going through all, like, the songs and stuff like that, and I, I maybe would have enjoyed it, liked it more, if it had more behind-the-scenes stuff and like preparing for it. I wasn't really interested in more philosophical conversations that I didn't really care about. But having but since I was at the, I did go to the concert and you see it all over Instagram that sort of like feeds into your reels and stuff like that. So you've seen a lot of it already, but I enjoyed it and till through the end, I was actually singing along, not loudly, but. Quiet enough because it was so loud in the theater that I don't think anybody could hear anybody else. But I even got up and went to the bathroom at one point, and it was so close to the theater that it was playing, in and that I could hear it like through like three walls and a couple doors. So I enjoyed it. If you like Taylor Swift, I would go see it. And her new music's coming out on Friday not, music, not new necessarily, re recording of 1989 is coming out on Friday, which should be good and interesting. I'm speaking totally and completely honest I haven't totally loved all the re-recordings she's done it just they end up sounding too similar and you kind of don't get that evolution of sound in the same way as you do as like listening to all the re-recordings in it. kind of, I totally understand the reasoning behind it and everything and I I get it in some songs you can like I can actively listen to and be okay with but like I can tell when they come on In my ear in my like rotation of um definitely my whole library when i'm doing stuff that i can tell when it's re-recording coming on and if i whether i liked it or not and just generally i didn't super like them because her voice sounds the same throughout now because obviously it's all recording in such a short time span and she's onto like a different genre playing a more different genre lately than what those like the original recordings sound like so I'm wondering if 1989 will be the best re-recording like I think i liked Red a lot I didn't really like Speak Now like I hated all the like bonus songs on Speak Now I think yeah I couldn't I can't I couldn't get through any of them and I can't remember anything about Fearless but I liked Red I think for the most part But I understand the reasoning behind it. I I just don't generally like them compared to their, like, original re-recordings. But it should be interesting. Um, Not necessarily something I would talk about music because I'm not super into, like, specifically about music because I totally, I realize, like, I don't know, I listen to the songs a lot of times. And uh, granted, there are a lot of songs that she has. I don't really know all the words all the time to stuff, and I realized that as I was, like, saying, trying to sing along to stuff or at the concerts and stuff like that, I knew a lot of like where it was going, but not totally every song. Um, into my weirder part of my list, which is definitely more um out of my comfort zone, what I've watched um, normally, so. Two horror movies are on my list. Now, granted, these are not of the regular genre of horror that I, I guess most people would consider like Saw movies or anything like that. I saw Totally Killer on Amazon Prime, which I've heard of some people talk about. I don't remember hearing anything specifically good or negative about it, but I saw that. And then I watched freaky, because I remember the on Amazon Prime 2 that um came out in 2020. um Totally K- Killer came out this year. I think within the last month. And they're more on the comedy end of a horror genre, I would best describe them as. So, it's less freaky is more gory than Totally Killer, but it's still not like an extreme amount of gore, and I enjoyed them to varying degrees. Um, so let's start with um, Totally Killer. Um, so it's basically Back to the Future serial killer related. Um, Kieran Shipka is the main character. Jamie in Totally Killer. She lives with her mom and dad. Her and she's totally like over them, like, interacting with them, thinking they're embarrassing and, like, too overproductive of her, and it's mainly brought up that her mom, I don't know if she knows this, but her entire, like, three of her friends were all killed, what was it, 35 years ago, around Halloween, and it's dubbed the sweet 16 killer who was never caught. And that's why she's so worried and there's a guy in town Chris um, who has a podcast and walking tour and everything about the murders going on and is really like playing into that sort of thing and, and the sweet 16 Color comes back and kills Jamie's mom It was played by Julie Bowen, and Jamie is extremely upset, and um, I don't don't remember exactly how, but she ends up back in in a, it's an amusement park where one of the murders happened, and for some reason they're having a science fair there, and... It's just like the because you, you see her walking into the park and you're like why is she going here and if you know if you know her mom was murdered why would you go to a murder scene where one of the murders happened they supposedly killed her too Same murder it's probably kill, killed her too and, and it was like oh it's it's god, for some reason Tom god forsaken reason they are having science fair there in like the most rundown music park you've ever seen in To apparently bring business, but like the place is clearly not open or functional in any way. And her best friend is building a time machine based on her on the friend's mother's ideas and drawings and schematics. And then all I think she must come back there later at night or something. I can't honestly remember, but, um, like, the murderer then comes after her, and she gets into the time machine, which is, like, a photo booth, and, like, attacks her and, like, stabs the machine, and all of a sudden that gets the, um, machine to work, and she's transported back to 1987, the day that the first murder happened, 35 years ago. And she's, she meets her mom and her friends and, like, learning so much about her life and trying to prevent the murders from happening despite the fact that, they, like, they're actively working against her and, like, constantly going through the, um, to, like, lean into the plans even though she's, like, said she's a psychic. She knows that's gonna happen. She knows they're all gonna get murdered. They actively, like, work against her and, like, still end up in all those situations and it's... It is funny, and I think the main reason I watched it outside it, knowing that it's horror comedy, and I, I like Kieran Karen Shipka, I've seen her on other stuff, she's good. Oddly, the reason I, started, I watched it, it was, um, two was Charlie Gillespie's in it, who was in Julian the Phantoms, and I really, I really enjoyed that show for how, despite how kid-like it is. It, like the music is really good, and like I think the story is pretty good for a kids' show, but like the music is incredible when you watch it. You like you totally forget um, everything else surrounding it. But it's like it's like a net, it was a show on Netflix for that was ran for one season and unfortunately aired during the first year of the pandemic. Like, right in, like I think it was like August or September, it premiered. In 2020, and I think that's what's its downfall about it is that like, I think it was extremely popular and it was like nominated for stuff, but it was so into the pandemic that I don't. I think it would be so far off when they'd be able to do anything like a second season or anything related to it to like bring in more money because I think there was like discussions of them going on tour or something like that, vaguely. I can't remember. I somehow found it because it's like I was watching re- that reaction videos on YouTube of like um, new music and that kept coming up. And the, the songs are amazing. And it's so good. It's like the series is created, I think, or directed, both or something, by Kenny Ortega, who did Oddly Hocus Pocus and High School Musical. And I was like, so that kind of gets you on your radar a little bit more if you like either. But it's so good anyways he's in this and he has long hair and i hate it but um he's totally an interesting character on on that on the show so it's like i've never seen him in anything else so i was it's why of the reason i watched it and it is funny has a lot of um not super gory keeps you on your toes of who the actual murderer is and it has Olivia Holt in it, who I was in Cruel Summer. And I've seen other other stuff with her in it. I think, what was the one movie that I really liked? It's, um, not Honor Society, because that's a different girl. I think, I know I have it. I think I bought it. I was interested in watching it for that reason, because... Because it looked interesting, and also had a guy from who played the young version of Sean at one point in Psych. Um, let's see, beep beep, Class Rank. I really like that. <laughs> it was fun. Um, totally recommend Class Rank. It, it's really fun and like low budget, good movie directed by um. Oh, what is his name? Eric Stoltz from um, uh, Some Kind of Wonderful and the original Back to the Future, oddly enough, before he he was recast by Michael J. Fox. Um, So yeah, it's a fun, um, Totally Killer is fun in like 80s and uh, murder mystery sort of thing that I was kind of leaning into sort of this month I was looking for. To i don't know if i recommend because i don't know like how good it could be based on like the horror genre of it but it like the blending of it is interesting and it's fun to watch and you like all of the characters in it and it is just it, overall fun um next one freaky oh whoops i accidentally erased something um freaky with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton in it, another Blumhouse horror-comedy genre-blending movie, um, also on Amazon Prime, yeah, 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 I didn't buy it, um, so Catherine Newton is the main girl, what is her name, oh my god, I can't remember at all, um, Millie, She's a total like outcast at her school. She's just totally shy. Can't talk to anybody. Has a group of friends that is like very small. Made fun of and bullied by everybody, including like popular crowd and teachers for some reason, the woodshop teacher. And just doesn't fit in and has like an alcoholic mother. Her dad just died. Her sister is a police officer. It must be a very small town. Uh, because it, this police they went into at one point was, like, one room. Um, and the, how, how do I describe this? The town starts to freak out because the night before, like, four kids were murdered by a notorious, um, Hall- not Halloween, homecoming time, um, uh, murderer who comes out and just like kills a bunch of teenagers apparently and like it was ext- this is much more gruesome than the than totally killer and the murderer is played by Vince Vaughn who's in this like weird like gross I- not gross mask who just kills with anything wanton like doesn't bring weapons and at first you're like is this a movie someone's watching at the beginning of the or is this like just a setup? And it's just a setup to like move into the rest of the story. So everybody's freaking out about it. Millie. So then you're introduced to Millie and her whole character and what she's like actually because it, this ends up being a body swap movie. And so she's attacked late at night after her mom forgets to pick her up who's drunk on the couch and the Vince Vaughn serial killer who they named the Blissfield Butcher comes after her with like some sort of replica some sort of like um, native I don't know how to describe it some sort of supernatural empowered weapon and when he goes to kill Millie like, somehow that causes, like, body swapping to occur, and she wakes up the next morning and their bodies are swapped, and, like, funniness ensues with her being someone completely else, like, dressing completely differently, acting completely differently, and, like, immediately start murdering people who, like, treat her badly in school, and Vince Vaughn is, like, running around trying to convince everybody who he actually is to try to, like, track her down, and eventually convinces her friends that she's who she is. And it's just murder and chaos ensue and trying to, like, track her down. And Vince Vaughn is so funny. Like, pretending to be, like, a teenage girl within himself. It That's so funny. And, um... And Catherine Newton is so good pretending to be, like, somebody who she was not before. It's... And it's, like, totally going for it, even though, like, you'd think, like, a person uh, the obvious ensues, whereas, like, Vince Vaughn is, like, this hugely tall person who's obviously stronger, gets into, like, a tr- extremely tiny, like, fra- fragile, frail person, that frailer person, and is, like, trying to attack everybody and just does not have the same, like, capacity, and, like, doesn't, still doesn't realize it as he was going through the day, and, is, like, still attempting these crazy things, but just goes for it. And despite the gore, I think it's, like, I think it has its funny moments. I think they used too many of the funny moments in the trailer for its own good, and I wish they left more of that out, but I think it, I think it probably was necessary to get the point across that it. it's more of, like, a funny, gory horror comedy than horror-related, but I recommend it if you're okay with a little bit of gore, so... I think it was okay. Um, what, was it? what else I could I say about that? Nothing. No. But interesting enough. But my next pick, oh, I'll just mention this quickly. I finished fourth, fourth Wing. I mentioned last week that I was like 76% into it. It took me until Sunday, the next a week later to actually finish the book i don't know why i stopped reading it because i think i got to the point where like i know this is the final act of the whole book and it's gonna lead to a point where you understand the conflict of the story and where where you're going to lead into the next one and the cliffhanger and everything and i kind of guessed at where it was going and i think it, it was done pretty well like leading into um cliffhanger for the next book and i'm really interested in reading the next book i think i'll get it right away to like read it i'm trying to decide if i can do a digital version or do a physical copy depending how big the book is i do have a bookstore really close to me too so i'm it depends because i think the first book is quite big it was like 600 pages on a kindle and granted i like reading physical books it is a little bit harder to read it all the time. There's a light source for physical books. Anyways, I think it was good. I like I like where the conflict was. Conflict made sense. I have other issues with the book, which I don't know if they're appropriate to talk about because I feel like if anybody ever heard that, we'd get in trouble for it. But... um, maybe Maybe not... My one issue is, like, it feels like they do, the author does so little to get you to understand why, what was her name? Violet is more of a hero in the story, and it felt like in the final, like, the battle of the book near the end, that it's like, I don't completely always understand how she's being helpful a lot of the time like like she is in certain moments but maybe it's just trying to build that up toward in later books because obviously it's like a she can't be good right away and like a like a harry potter-esque character who's a a wonderkin or something like that Mm. i'm trying and i and i understand it it's just sometimes it's like I don't get this for a book and why how is she not more harmful than or helpful a lot of the times and is it it's really due to the dragon she has that she's more helpful or and it's like I get the mindset in it. it's like playing into it and like her past and how she can help that way I just it's a little bit it feels kind of disconnected from who she is rather than not she what she just fell into as a situation but i think this book is still good i'm kind of interested in reading all the other authors like contemporary books too because they seem sort of interesting and like i like the writing style and, the writing style is, and it's really easy to read and I, i've read a couple of the other synopsis and they sort of seem interesting they seem sort of out of the box too for contemporary stories but I keep getting pulled back to trying to read more Kay Tucker because she consistently writes more thriller, not thrillery, yeah, thrillery mystery stories with romance in them that I'm, that I've read a couple of lately that are, that I really liked and I want to dive more into that and I don't really want to be reading like the long novel series by she doesn't have her nom de plume, but it's her Roberts and like all those other similar ones. Like I'm not into something like that. I want something more standalone and I don't know. And it's kind of hard to like to pick and choose and decide and what is a good one to pick up in that, those genres. But under the more pop culture-y, less dark subject is um, the Waggatha Christie, Colleen Rooney, documentary that was on Hulu. I think it was just released on Hulu and it obviously like more Disney Plus original, I suppose, because of the subject matter which you'll get into. But you're like, Julie, what is Wagatha Christie? And why is it so similar to Hagatha Christie? That won't be explained. So um it was a huge semi-sports related scandal that happened in the UK um, over the past, like, si- five, six years, it occurred over, I think. Not necessarily always known to the public, but that's been like, the story takes place over. Um, and I'm totally being aware that this is coming from an American. Like, myself watching this and, like, the, who the framing of this is through. So, like, my frame of reference for soccer and, like, how popular are any of the people in the documentary and in the story R is totally non-existent, like truly, like, uh, I think American audience generally knows what is it, like in, in sports related terms, what is it, football, baseball, no, it could be football, uh, basketball, baseball, hockey, then soccer, as like the last one in, in popularity really, and that, like, bleeds over into, like, not knowing anything internationally about soccer, about any player besides, like, David Beckham, like, you hear Ronaldo, but also their, his girlfriend had a, has, has, has a documentary on Netflix, more reality show, like, I don't know how, what it's supposed to be getting across, but, um, so, trying to come from this knowing that there's a whole lot of like cultural ties that it may be totally missing in the story. Like, England and America are, share a similar language, like, but are like otherwise can be completely different in culture when it comes to like specific sports and stuff like that. And like who's popular where. But it's, it, but it is truly how disconnected most Americans are from like the most popular sport on the planet i guess tennis has to be in there somewhere but i guess tennis would be like a whole separate thing because you're rooting for individual players rather than teams and people are like fans of teams rather than players and follow players around in the same way i guess um so i know some of the bigger names in the sport but there is like a steep drop off after that like i i wouldn't be able to tell you, I've, I think I've heard the name Wayne Rooney before, who's calling Rooney's husband, um, who's, like, the main character of the story, so give me that, um, so I first heard about this whole wagatha of the Christie story, I believe, when I saw the hashtag trending on Twitter at some point, um, so, like, I had no real understanding what it was related to, or, uh, there being to be, like, a strange... Change in the obvious reference to like Agatha Christie, but I happened to upon a YouTube video where someone did a like a, a whole breakdown of the whole thing, and was just really engrossed in the story because she told it so well and it was such an interesting story. But then I proceeded to completely forget about it until the Hulu documentary just popped up in my feed because obviously soccer is not huge in the U.S. In the same way it is in like England, you didn't really hear about it. But let me find what you, what video that actually was so i can credit because it was good and also i don't know i'm not no i am not going to say that but i do recommend it because it has a lot more details than what i was going to talk about today and like what came up in the podcast gotta go through my history and i believe i watched it yesterday this person gets a lot of views on a lot of videos and just have no interest in any other topics, so. Um. Oh no, that's moving! Um. Where'd it go? Why does it keep moving? Jordan Teresa. Extremely interesting, um. Explainer, like more detailed explainer on this whole situation and coming from an English person. Um. The whole story revolves around two wives of well-known english soccer players and i'm sorry i keep saying soccer i just know it as soccer and english people cannot get mad at that because it is a um, slang term they came up with so um colleen rooney and rebecca vardy are the two wags as they're called in media wives and girlfriends of professional athletes colleen rooney had so expected um that someone was leaking posts from her private Instagram to an English tabloid the sun and this is uh, this is where like the nickname na- wag wagatha oh, sorry grissy came from because she's a wag and she was doing like detective style work to try to figure out who was actually doing it um so Colleen had suspected Rebecca Vardy um alluding to like she Rebecca had a closer relationship with the tabloid in question and like had many excuses with the magazine or yeah because i'm just saying magazine it's like a it's like a online thing and was consistently getting good press through this newspaper tabloid and Rebecca's seemingly obvious desire for attention was also and, and being and to be in the spotlight was sort of like an indication that she should be suspicious of her And so Colleen, over a long period of time, both hid her post from everyone but Rebecca, but also planted, like, 50 fake stories, even, like, extremely outrageous ones, on her private Instagram to see if the stuff would be leaked to the sun. And wouldn't you know it, many of the false stories did actually make it to the sun. Not a a ton of it was immediate, but a lot of the stuff eventually did make it there. Then one day... Colleen just posted out of the blue to her social media accounts. The whole ordeal she was going through, all of her detective work, and what that she concluded that all of it was being only viewed by one person, one person's account, Rebecca Vardy's, and so she believed that it was leaking it to social media. And then this whole situation came to a further head when Rebecca Vardy inexplicably decided to sue Colleen Rooney for defamation through that post. And it's, I think one of the most insane things someone has ever done, but I guess if you're a wife of a English soccer player, even though I don't know how rich or how well-known or wealthy her husband, Rebecca Vardy's husband is, it's insane. Maybe she says money to burn to do this, but insane. And quite a bit of the docs covers like 2020 wise, the, um, the, fin- the the final preparation and the trial for I'm sorry the trial and the preparation throughout for it and the fact that the and through like interviews with Colleen's lawyers, Colleen's husband, Wayne Rooney, and herself. Such a focus being on being able to prove that Vardy was the one who who was connected in some way to the tabloid or had knowledge of the stories being posted to the tabloid. And it ended up being like the smoking gun being that there was like leaving these extremely detailed and like extremely bitchy texts with, um, between Vardy and her agent. And it was just like, it's so, it's so like, det- um, like typical, like, ooh, murder mystery, like, style to the whole documentary, even though this was about like leaking private Instagram posts to a tabloid and it just made it like it was so in a light in a way and treating it so seriously that made it so entertaining that you're like you're you could openly gawk at like extremely weird things that were happening in the story and be like feel more comfortable being obsessed over that sort of thing and how like that launched into the stratosphere cause it came up with its own hashtag about the her whole story and like the trial and going through it and ended up being um rebecca vardy would end up found by the judge to be like most likely responsible for the leaks and the stories being going to the, pr- the press which is so interesting that someone who had to have known all of her texts would so go towards her being guilty of actually leaking the stuff that she would actually sue and end up coming out to the losing situation of it, which is so interesting. But it was one of the crazier things in pop culture that was like lightened. I don't want to say. <laughs> I, she, Con Rooney's kind of insulted by the way people were like diminishing, like what she was going through with having uh, private things being leaked. But it was, and it was like so non-serious. But and I sort of get that. But I also like this. It's extremely ridiculous thing that extremely blew up. Like, if it were like a lower range thing. But to be, like, a humongous story that everybody was talking about, to be over something that's not murder, mayhem, anything like that, made it completely entertaining and so weird and just, like, fun to watch as, like, a thing non-serious. I keep repeating myself, but, like apparently rebecca vardy's t- lawyers teams were put like put up the facade they were gonna put all the journalists who are all the stories on the stand saying there was n- that she was not the source but closer they got to the trial ended up noticing all the affidavits given were not signed by the journalists the so journalists weren't gonna um testify and okay, um Rebecca Vardy had lost a bunch of messages, supposedly covering this time period, and her agent's phone, who would be like the second source of the information, was dropped into the North Sea at one point, and the computer got corrupted when they tried to download files and it's like, oh my god, this is like it's either it's like an amazing coincidence or it's like clearly deliberate in a way that's like, how is this gotta be sanctionable? offenses in like a court case especially when you're bringing the court case to have like so much stuff missing but i i guess in the in the same vein i guess there was also like a time period of where um rooney's messages also disappeared they're constantly talking about whatsapp and obviously that's not really something that's used a ton here and i just don't understand that because i'm i think it has something to do with they don't get unlimited text messages in europe and so they go through a web-based messaging app called whatsapp instead because despite that you still need someone's n- that's what I kind of don't understand because st- I think you still need people's numbers to match to message through that. makes it interest that, that's just what's interesting about it too. I don't know. when I was in Italy, we tried trying to use those phone numbers people give you it was like next to impossible to try to figure out how to type those in and get them to actually work like because you're you're so used to one phone system and you try to look it up and it still doesn't make any sense and what you're trying to do it's like there's so many extra numbers or so you're like are you supposed to type all those in i'm the see numb and it probably explains my lack of ability to do technology but it, it, we were just in a stressful situation in the time we were trying to call somebody and trying to use international phone plans and, like, like basically not working at all, even though they said they should be working. And it, it was... Technology sometimes is sometimes unnecessarily difficult for no reason, and when you're not in the mood to, like, try to figure them out, they just rub you the wrong way even more than anything. There were me remaining circumstances and why it was even more frustrating, but... I will not. I shall not get into that. But, yeah, I truly recommend the documentary. It was kind of like after I tr- started watching the Beckham one, I was like, "Oh, this is less soccer intense, <laughs> but it's soccer related. Maybe I'll find this interesting. Maybe get a sprinkle of other stuff, and get more in- information." Um, I am only forty six minutes into recording, and I've. I've run out of topics, and I should have written more stuff out. But I can look up new stories. Uh, oh, actually, wanted to mention, I saw, actually, Magnolias was renewed for another season. Um, I watched a majority of the last season. I couldn't get all the way through it. I don't know why, like, eventually I fall off on these shows, because I feel, I was so... I totally thought when you were seeing the trailer, they were trying to trick you into thinking Ty and Annie were actually, were Jackson and Annie in the trailer because they showed a picture, a, um, a clip of Ty, and it looked like he was wearing very similar outfits to what Jackson was wearing when he kisses Annie in the trailer. I was like, this season's actually going to go somewhere in, get somewhere juicy or something because Jackson and Ty are like best friends or something. Are they best friends? I feel like they were. Yeah. And it just, it didn't go anywhere. I felt like this story was just getting more and more ridiculous all around. But I'm sure I'll watch the whole thing again by the time the next season come out. Probably the same thing I'll do with Ginny and Georgia. Because I think I got to the same point in Ginny and Georgia's second season that I, like, fell off watching it. But it renewed for another season. Should be really interesting. I think it's the only like renewal news during the, during the strike that has really come out besides the ones about reversals of renewals. Um. Let's see. I can pull up my Netflix to see what's popular and see if any of it piques my interest, because plans for this week i don't think i have anything that i'm looking forward to watching besides i think it's a season finale of or i don't know how long this series will go on season finale of still up which i watched the most recent episode and i think it just you're you're like building up to the point where I think Danny and what's her name Fiona no that's not her name Lisa. Danny and Lisa are actually going to meet in real life, and it's uh, it's so insane because they're not talking in this whole episode <clears throat> because of what happened in the episode prior, because Danny actually left his apartment for the first time to help out Lisa, and she ended up getting home despite him actually like getting to that point to leave. So it should be interesting what the finale is going to bring. Um, Let's see what's in top ten bodies. Doesn't look anything like it would interest me. The fall of House of Usher. No interest in that either. Big mouth. Nope. Um, I woke up a vampire. It seems like a child's thing, so no. Neon. Don't know what any of that is about. The Great British baking show. Um, maybe. I think I didn't watch last season. Or something like that. I don't know. Beckham. <laughs> it's the craziest picture that keeps coming up for me with Beckham. They look. It's him and Victoria. And they look like. Mm, unhappy in the picture for some reason. I don't know why. It's constantly coming up for me. I saw the first two episodes. I just fell off. Because I'm not too that super into soccer. Um, the Pact of Silence. I, I, it sort of seems kind of interesting. But. Who knows? Um, Surviving Paradise. Do not like reality TV and Creature. I, I've never seen that before. And I do not know. It's in the movies? No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. I like that. It's not my favorite thing ever. It's a bit too raunchy for me, but I liked it. Jennifer Lawrence is good in it. and I like the guy. I was like, when he sings in it, my jaw hit the floor when I saw that. Um, Old Dad with Bill Burr. I'm kind of interested in it because it I've heard others that Bill Burr is and is funny, and I was like, if this is him, did he direct it? Um, oh, it doesn't say who directs it, does it? I have to scroll down more. Yeah, he directed it. I find him funny, so it might be interesting. Um, Longshot have absolutely no interest in a political comedy, romantic comedy with Seth Rogen, nonetheless. Um, The Devil on Trial, no interest in that. Tammy, I do not like Melissa McCarthy's Where Her Comedies Went, Reptile, I don't know what that is about, a hard detective uncovers a web of complex, a complex web of deception as he takes for the truth behind the brutal murder of a young real estate agent, oh, I want to watch, um, A Simple, A Simple Lie, the one with Andrew Kendrick and Blake Lively, I think that could be interesting. I might watch that next. Um, Casper, no interest. Hotel Transylvania, don't really want to watch animated. The Misfits. Oh, it's the canon, I don't have any interest in that. Um, Spy Kids, fun. You know there's coming out with a new TV series based around that. Um, yeah. Oh, I think I saw something about a movie that's coming out on Freebie that looked cool. x men or something had Blaine Meester in, who was the guy? I think it was Robbie Amell. That looks interesting and fun. And I feel like he Freebie... Is trying to get into like the romantic holiday comedy, uh, romantic comedy holiday game. And I feel like I haven't been interested in any of them. I know there's one with Madeline Patch from Riverdale last year, and the guy, I forget what he's exactly from. I know he's was on one in Netflix where it was like with Laura Marano. Maybe it was her sister. I can't remember he was in that oh i think he was in aladdin too, if, if i recall with a disney live action one and i don't really have an interest in seeing that movie but this one looks i like Leighton meester Leighton meester is funny and i don't and i feel like there's something like, some other amazon freebie oh they had one with brennan song i did not like that one so I have no, really no confidence in it. I did like the dog one that had, um, Grant Gustin and Lucy Hale in it. And I'm still kind of bitter over the hating game with Lucy Hale and the other guy. I, I feel like it was, a, it was such, such a popular book, like huge book. But I, it just, I feel, I feel like they just didn't put the right amount of effort into it to make it in a way that could make it truly great and I don't really understand what went wrong there maybe they snapped it up before it got huge, huge I don't know what else is supposed to be coming out that's good in theaters? I'm not really sure I know there's supposed to be also Beyoncé's renaissance film don't have any interest in that Um, I know Killers of the Flower Moon just came out I don't really have an interest in that either, but apparently it's really good, and it but it's like three and a half hours long, and I don't know that I would want to sit through something that long if I it's not I not don't really watch historical dramas on the regular, anyways. But who knows? You will get bored someday and actually do that. But I'm gonna be so incredibly busy coming up. I'm going to a hockey game this coming weekend and then a concert the middle of the week and then work is going to be extremely busy for a little bit going to Detroit um, for work so that should be fun ugh, I gotta plan ahead I'm so behind on work unlike other stuff even though it's like not a, as busy a month but should be interesting um, and I'm close to the end Sorry for rambling for the last few minutes here, but thank you for listening to Julie Love's Television.